When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting at one and four in last place in the uh, AFC North. And in fact, uh, if the season ends today, I believe the Pittsburgh Steelers would be picking first overall. Doesn't get much lower than this. I'm Daniel J. This is State of the Steelers. And Mike Tomlin recently came out in his press conference and spoke to the media about what he mentioned to his team stating that they won't cure their ill wills or their ills in one or a couple of good days or a good plan or good performance. The state that they're in is they're going to have to put their heads down and work diligently for a little while to gain their way back to respectability. That's the state they're in. This is the state of the Steelers. And today we're going to be talking about that conversation. Basically what Mike Tomlin said is, the Steelers dug themselves into a, a bit of a, di- a deep hole. And it's not going to be a uh, a quick climb out, so to speak. And today we're asking, can the Pittsburgh Steelers finally start that climb out of the hole they have dug themselves into? Again, I'm Daniel J. This is State of the Steelers, your Saturday morning podcast brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtains Family, a podcast where we are the nonstop shop for football Steelers football news and coverage. Well, guys, being optimistic is is something that's kind of becoming a little bit hard to do with this team right now. (laughs) It's frustrating from everything from their play on the field to 
what seems like the, you know, the coaching and the decisions that are made on the field to even their media, you know, it was, uh, it's been spoken to a lot this week about the Pittsburgh Steelers organization unable to hold a press conference where we can listen into that, you know, that comment that came from the press conference, listen to Mike Tomlin and talk about the team and, and where, what the state of the Steelers are and where they're, they're at. And um, it's, it's going to be a tough one, guys. So we'll look back real quick. The Pittsburgh Steelers were embarrassed 38 to three and Kenny Pickett's first start as an NFL quarterback. And, you know, that loss, in my opinion, wasn't really on Kenny Pickett. You know, you look at what he was able to do against the uh, one of the best passing defenses in the league. And in my opinion, I think he did fairly well. He showed poise. Uh, he was uh, able to decisively throw accurately. Uh, he, sh- he, showed, he showed a short memory after having a pick, you know, late in the second half. He shrugged that off and was still able to perform. You know, you like to see the Pittsburgh Steelers get it into the red zone a few more times, but, you know, Kenny Pickett isn't, you know, throwing it. And then <laughs> to to uh, copy a quote from uh, Tom Brady's wife, ex-wife, who knows, uh, he can't throw it and catch it to himself, you know what I'm saying? And so she was referring to Tom Brady. Uh, I'm referring to Kenny Pickett throwing to – Deontay Johnson. He had several drops. He had the opportunity on a fourth and sixth uh, play in the red zone. Had two hands on the on the ball, and and the the play was broken up. Now, yes, and I get it. You know, they're playing professionals and they're playing a professional defense that they have a job as well. However, Deontay Johnson is getting paid a, quite a bit of money to make those plays routinely. It's not happening, guys. Uh, Deontay Johnson, in my opinion, whether it's concentration, whether it's just the inability to catch, it needs to change. You know, Mike Tomlin talks a lot about the change and says that things would change. And when asked in the media and in the press conference, has come up several times saying that uh, they are going to be looking to get more changes done. However, when you look at this, you know, outside of movement around the defensive line, what changes have happened? I mean, then again, yeah, there's there's Kenny Pickett, which is the biggest change of all. But, you know, the Steelers are still not scoring. They're still not putting uh, points on the board. It's got to go beyond a couple of changes to the defensive line. You're looking at the Matt Canada, who has had Ben Roethlisberger, has had uh, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. And, you know, when you look you look at how many points are being put on the board, especially early in games where script is important, where what Manic Canada is prepared for or anticipating the opposition to do and what, you know, the Steelers' plan of attack for those uh, – for that scouting, for the for what they anticipate to to be seeing on the field, and that's where the Steelers are failing and have been failing. Now, 
to the same extent, you know, Matt Canada is not dropping to pass. He's not missing receivers running down the field when Mitch Trubisky was a quarterback, things of that nature. But the game plan is, you know, you go look at the tape, it's like the Pittsburgh Steelers are running the same plays over and over again. It's it's repetitive. It's predictable. The running game hasn't gone afoot. It's been embarrassing to this point. You know, the only positives that I can say about this offense, at least, is Kenny Pickett looks like he's potentially could be a guy. You know, you look at the uh, some of the throws that he has made. The the pass to the the few passes to Deontay Johnson that he didn't come down with, whether one of them was his foot out of bounds, the other one, you know, he's getting separated from the ball. Uh, those the the placement of those of those passes were were on point. It was, in my opinion, you know, those were franchise type throws. It's just unfortunate that in six quarters of Kenny Pickett as a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's not been able to throw the ball into the end zone. But I think that can change this week. I think there's an opportunity for that to happen against the Buccaneers. Uh, Not saying that their defense is anything less than. uh, However, I think as Kenny Pickett progresses, the game's also going to slow down for him. He did miss a month of in live game action, sitting on the bench behind Mr. Trubisky. So he's only, and he's also a rookie. So, you know, every game that he gets into a stadium is going to be a new experience and a learning experience for him. And he's going to have something to learn from and to grow, you know, at the end of the day, he's only had six quarters, but you know, that was enough for him to shake off the rust a little bit, so to speak, get in the game. And like I said, this last game, in my opinion, wasn't, wasn't a fault of his. And you look at, you know, uh, Trey Norwood, who allowed a 98-yard touchdown uh, pass. <laughs> you know, he got burned last year against the Bills as well, going deep. He's a liability over the top, in my opinion, when it comes to Trey Norwood. I think he does fantastic in front of him, keeping the ball in front of him. And, and you know, to my surprise, because he wasn't known for tackling out of college, was that, you know, he's been able – he seems to be a sure tackler and a guy that can get a player on the ground in front of him. But over the top, he's a liability. Last year against the Bills, Emmanuel Sanders had him beat. Yet uh, Josh Allen overthrew him. And so that can't happen. And, you know, when you look at, you know, I think that Terrell Edmonds is going to be back for this game. But there's a big question mark for Minka Fitzpatrick. He's, you know, when this is recorded, which is Thursday night, um, to this point, Minka hasn't participated in any practices and you know he's not a player that in my opinion that needs to practice so to speak it's not going to uh, make him less of a player or um, less than whoever's backing him up for instance even if he goes into this game at 85 percent or 80 percent I think that's better than a 100 percent trade Norwood or uh, Killebrew or whoever you want to throw back there DeMonte Casey is another guy who's eligible to return after his injury and suspension. He is a safety that could be utilized. And one, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers need to. I mean, when you look at what Josh Allen was able to do for, to, due to the Steelers last week, Tom Brady, he comes with his faults. But at the end of the day, he is a future Hall of Fame quarterback that, 
uh, has had his success against the Steelers defense in the past. And so um, it's some something the Steelers definitely need to not take lightly. But, you know, there's, um, in my opinion, like we go, you know, go full circle. The, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett's been a flash. You know, he's been a positive. The offensive line, in my opinion, has also been positive. When you look at what they, what they've been able to accomplish, especially in the passing game, giving time for Kenny Pickett, uh, compared to what they did last year and compared to what they did in um, in preseason, it's it's a night and day difference. Now there's a concern there with Mason Cole, who's been uh, seen in a walking boot here recently throughout the week, who's been dealing with an ankle injury, uh, has told reporters and media that. He anticipates to play and, um, you know, anticipates to to work through the injury. But, you know, last week against the uh, against the Bills, he, he you could tell that he was he was not 100 percent out there. You know, this this Pittsburgh Steelers team has definitely turned into one that is survived till the bye, so to speak, because. You know, once the buy comes, you get T.J. Watt back. A lot of these guys are going to have an extra week off for rest and get back to, you know, some football that we can somewhat recognize and as respectable to take another, you know, phrase from Mike Tomlin. But in this game against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, running is going to be very difficult. You know, we, we take a look real quick at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We look at Najee Harris. He's he's not looked like what we would expect the Najee Harris or what we saw last year of Najee Harris. He looks like he's slowed down. You know, uh, there's a lot of um, rumors out there or opinions that believe that he potentially was, has overtrained and which has caused to some lingering issues. And that's quite very well possible. He did, you know, and, and Jeff Hartman brought this up earlier in the week that, you know, uh, Najee Harris went to Mexico for a little bit and, and talked about uh, training. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've gone to Mexico before for a while, and the food there will make you gain a couple pounds too. So <laughs> it may not just be all over training, but it could very well be. He came in, everybody, that one thing that everybody talked about early in training camp was that he looked like a superhero, that his legs looked tremendously big and large, and he looked huge, and this, that, and the third, and explosive. And that, that's not been seen. Now, he had a Liz Frank sprain early in training camp and missed a huge portion of developmental football. And, you know, in my opinion, um, also lingering from that issue. And when you have a bigger guy who's not really known for his speed, actually known for quite the opposite, uh, not to have that breakaway speed, and he has some lingering foot issues, that are going to limit his already uh, challenged speed, so to speak, he's going to look very slow. I mean, this Najee Harris, in my opinion, at times looks like Benny Snell. Um, Slow, unable to get to the holes that the offensive line have made for him. And, you know, he's I'm not seeing that escapability that we saw last season out of Najee Harris. And I think that's going to be a huge concern because if the Pittsburgh Steelers want to win this game, they need to, they're going to need to take control of the ball and they're going to need to maintain possession of the ball, especially with the amount of injuries that have piled up on the defensive side. 
you know, if we give the if the Pittsburgh Steelers give Tom Brady all day to throw, and they also, you know, against this um, defensive backs, it's going to be a long day for the Steelers. But when you look at this team and you look at how they play, I think, you know, and I'm, what I'm referencing to is the Buccaneers' defense. And you look back at what they did against the um, the Atlanta Falcons here recently. I think there's going to be an opportunity for some running, not from so much from the running backs, but from Kenny Pickett. Mariota had some big runs against them last week, and I think that Kenny Pickett gets overlooked for his for his athleticism and his speed, and he could actually have a big part in this game. But for for sure, the Steelers need to, in my opinion, target George Pickens more as well. I think he's been emerging here recently, especially with the um, promotion of Kenny or Kenny Pickett's promotion to QB1, that there's been an emergence in, in George Pickens. He's been targeted the ball more, and which reminds me, if you go back and you look at the Jets game in the second half, you know, is, there, is it coincidental that – is there <laughs> – is it is it coincidence that the Pittsburgh Steelers were was it like five for six on third downs and and the one third down they didn't get they they managed to get a the fourth down conversion with Kenny Pickett there and this past game they weren't so great and when you look at those two games one glaring stat that stands out to me is the targets to Deontay Johnson Deontay Johnson wasn't a huge part of the game plan or or targets or targeted as much last week. It was more, or the week before, I'm sorry, against the Jets and Kenny Pickett's debut. It was more George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth, guys that have been known to catch the ball, guys that have been known to have hands that and the ability to catch away from their body. Unless Deontay Johnson versus when you have a game plan that relies on Deontay Johnson, you have these third down drives, or third down plays, I'm sorry, where he's dropping the ball or being separated from the ball fourth down plays as well. Those are drive killers. That's turnover on downs. That's that's a swing of plays because you end up taking points that should have been on there and potentially give them to the opposition. And in a game, especially when the defense was banged up, to say the least, I, I, I think you need to target George Pickens a lot more. I think that needs to be more of some changes that the that Mike Tomlin needs to make. I think that uh, Deontay Johnson may need to take a, a seat and perhaps get George Pickens and give him that role. It's, George Pickens seems like a guy that can run any route. He's athletic. Mike Tomlin referred to him earlier in the in training camp and in uh, preseason that George Pickens was like a uh, like a big guy in a small body where he's able to uh, make small shifty moves. Um, for a man his size, that it's remarkable. And then he can also get up and, you know, his catch radius is amazing. And so I think he may be a guy that Pittsburgh Steelers might want to move over uh, to that um, that standalone wide receiver outside personnel and perhaps maybe move Boykin into where George Pickens is and and keep, keep Claypool in the slot. I think that's probably his best bet. I know there was a play last week where Tony Romo uh, – kind of called out Chase Claypool saying that he wasn't so, you know, quarterback friendly on that play. And, and, and Claypool has his, his downside. Don't get me wrong. However, my opinion, you know, you go look at the body of work in that entire game. He had some, some stronger plays. He, he, uh, he ran 
I think there was one play where he carried a couple guys for at least about eight yards or so after completing the catch. So he was getting physical. He was getting more, uh, becoming more of a physical dominant type of player. And I think that you have to put him in those situations, keep him in on the, you know, jet sweep type plays, keep him short to the uh, line of scrimmage. Don't try to throw a deep ball to him because he's going to get horizontal and try to fall and catch it. But you can get the ball to him short and let him get, uh, make, let him use his physicality to run over somebody. I think that might be the best bet, but we'll be uh, going over to the next side real quick, guys. Don't go anywhere. When we get onto the other side, we'll be talking about the defense and the keys to victory. Uh, The path may be thin and shallow, but I think there is a path to victory here against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't want to miss it. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to State of the Steelers, where today we're asking, can the Pittsburgh Steelers finally start making a uh, climb up the hill or the hole they dug themselves into? And we talked a lot about the offense. Now let's talk a little bit about the defense, and then we'll we'll end it off with some keys to victory. So the Pittsburgh Steelers defense played bad, horrible. You can add any word of description you want, and it's probably still not good enough. When you look at the Bills scoring 38 points and none of that coming off of a, a pick six or a turnover, it tells you that the Pittsburgh that the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense let up 38 points, and it could have been way worse than that. I mean, you look back at the, the fumble that the Buffalo Bills had out into the end zone. You look back at the fact that they took Josh Allen out early in the second half or midway second half <clears throat> and allowed Case Keenum to – take over and you know it wasn't until Josh Allen exited the game that the Buffalo Bills didn't even punt. Now a lot of the reasons why the Pittsburgh Steelers defense wasn't you know up to par up to their normal standard was and, and this is no excuse next man up mentality but and there was a lot of a lot of injuries throughout the entire defense going into the game exiting the game you had individuals like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, who'd been dealing with a knee, who's still dealing with a knee, who's not been able to participate in practice up to this point. Uh, you know, he was out there. You had Cam Sutton going into the game dealing with a hamstring, couldn't finish the game with his hamstring. Terrell Edmonds, he was out. He'll, he looks like he's going through the protocol fairly well at this point and at this venture. I think he'll be out there <clears throat> against Tom Brady. But you look at the defense, and they allowed so many yards. It was um, 
you know, pick your poison. It didn't matter what uh, the Bills wanted to do. They were going to do it. And, you know, you look at Tom Brady and Tom Brady's not the Tom Brady of old, so to speak. He's He is starting to show a little bit of signs of that age, in my opinion. But he's still a guy that is very cerebral. He's basically a coach with an arm. And in my opinion, you know, he's he's still a valid, you know, good, solid starting quarterback out there. And with the right pieces around him, can can pick apart your defense. And Pittsburgh Steelers are – we've known about how well he can pick apart our defense. And so, with that being said, you know, I, I watched the – couple of games from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I'm I'll say this they they remind me of the Pittsburgh Steelers 2020 season the COVID season uh this is pre-Ben before pre-Ben knee injury uh so before he went into Dallas and and they uh got that shot lowered leg and he went from you know a statue to really being immobile and not being able to move at all but up to that point, you know, the Steelers, he was moving around a little bit better. The uh, not, not perfectly well or like he used to, but he was moving around better than he did this year or, or last season. Uh, I mean, better than he did last season or the or uh, after that point where the knee injury occurred. But you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's kind of the similar. You know, they throw short, throw a lot. Uh, they haven't scored a first uh, first quarter touchdown this season. And so there's a little bit of similarities there. Tom Brady's getting the ball out of his hands fairly quickly. And I think that can benefit the Pittsburgh Steelers to a certain extent is you're going to want to make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one-dimensional. You're going to want to make them pass the ball more because back there they got Leonard Fournette, and us Steeler fans are no stranger to what Leonard Fournette can do as well. He's probably – the he's probably put up more stats in any single game or collectively as a running back that the Pittsburgh Steelers played uh, in such few games. I mean, you look at some of the games they played against uh, Nick Chubb and and uh, and some of the other divisional Joe Nixon, you know, divisional guys that they play twice a year. You know, of course they're going to have more stats, but when you look at Leonard Fournette. And what he's been able to do, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, it's it's been frustrating to say the least. And he's, you know, brought in another step to his game. He's been catching the ball a lot more out of the backfield. And I think he's going to be a, a huge factor for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Tom Brady has been a guy that's been known to, when he was with a member of the Patriots, to throw the running backs or the running game out the window and completely just throw against the Pittsburgh Steelers and known to have success. So that may be a, uh, a route that they, they go. If I was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would attempt to run the ball against this tired against this fatigued against this injured defense, especially up front. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to put a clamp on that. They're going to have to try to make Tom Brady beat him, but you know, when you look at the injuries and in the uh, with the defensive back still, it's eh, I'm not sure that's a that's a good key to victory either. You know, I think the best key to victory here is the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is going to have to maintain the ball, time of possession, and do something with us with that time. They're not going to be able to you know drive six, seven, eight minutes off the clock 
go about 60, 70 yards to end up with a boss field goal attempt, which I have to say attempt because at this point, Boz, for whatever reason, is not being as consistent as he normally is. You know, he's had some some big, big kicks, you know, 59-yarder. And he's also kicked the ball out of bounds. He's missed extra points. He's missed field goals that were within 40 yards, 35 yards. He's been wildly inconsistent. I understand that the last game he was, you know, in Highmark Stadium, in Orchard Park, against the wind, against the elements. However, the opposition had to deal with the same conditions and factors with much higher degree of success. Boswell got the uh, at one point was the highest paid field goal or uh, place kicker in the NFL for I think about a week or so, a couple of days there until Tucker ended up getting a uh, extension there. But you know, at the same time, you know, at this certain point this season or this offseason, he was the highest paid place kicker. He is currently, I think, the second highest place placed placed high, second highest placed place kicker. Man, that's a lot of words in the same time. <laughs> that's a tongue twister. Now, with that being said, the expectation and the standard should be a lot higher, significantly higher for what the outcome has been. Not saying that Boz lost this game. I mean, the, you know, even if he makes every single field goal against the uh, Buffalo Bills, this is still a, a a blowout and an embarrassment, you know, performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers. However. You know, when you're kicking the ball out of bounds and doing those types of things, that affects the team as well as far as field position and and uh, and strategy when it comes to how you want to play the opposition. And so Boz needs to he needs to step it up. This has gotten a little bit crazy. But back to the Buccaneers and what they like to do and and what the Steelers are going to have to do to win this game is they're going to have to maintain the time of possession. Uh you know, we're also the Steelers are also going to have to not have any turnovers. You know, the uh, the Buccaneers are I think they have like nine turnovers or something like that in this for the season already. So they they like to, you know, they're they'll get after the quarterback. They'll also they had five sacks on Mariota and they like to create confusion and quarterbacks make a lot of mistakes against their defense. And they're up to they're opportunistic when those opportunities come across and they take advantage of those and have had quite a few turnovers this year. And so for me, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to have to, you know, run the ball quite a bit. Uh, and the receivers are just going to also have to catch the ball. But don't be surprised when it comes to the running game that, uh, and I'm sorry about going back and forth here, but don't be surprised in the running game that if Kenny Pickett ends up being um, – the leading rusher in this game for the Pittsburgh Steelers last week against the, uh, the Falcons, they uh, let Mariota kind of run a little bit all over them. And in my opinion, like I said before, I've said it before, Kenny Pickett doesn't get enough of the credit for his athleticism. And so I think that could be a a potential um, key to victory. I think the Steelers playing more of an RPO, uh, or run pass option or, or run play uh, run play action uh, would be very good in this situation. Mix it up a little bit, but you know if if Kenny Pickett came out here and scores first touchdown, uh, throwing through the air and and pull out a victory, that'll be the first step, the first you know step or uh, climb up that hill that they dug themselves into. And so uh, 
it's gonna it's gonna be tough. So defensively, my opinion, what they're gonna have to do is make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one dimensional, make Tom Brady beat him, put the ball in his forty five year old hands, and let him throw it around. You know, he doesn't seem like the Tom Brady of old. There's been a little bit less of the uh, velocity on the ball, in my opinion. He's going through some personal stuff, things of that nature. He's not the same guy. He's going to be somebody, in my opinion, that can be beatable. But it's going to be a battle of nutrition. You know, a lot of these guys in the Pittsburgh Steelers defense are injured or hurt. And if the Pittsburgh Steelers can maintain time possession, I think that could be a, uh, a big key. Um, you know, limiting Leonard Fournette is going to be another key for this game. Uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to not allow Leonard Fournette to come out and take control of the game, maintain possession, limit the uh, keep the defense on the field. That's already tired and banged up and bruised up because if that ends up being the case, you know, then it's going to be a repeat of what we saw in, in, against New England where the Steelers couldn't do anything to stop the running back. You know, the uh, – it, it, there's no excuses at this point. Now, I think that there's a good opportunity with Larry Ogunjobi possibly being out with a back injury uh, that maybe we might see a louder milk sighting. You know, he's been known to be a, a better sub- a defender of the run, so to speak. And so, you know, his his services might be utilized in this game. I think also if you look at um, – Mark Robinson, the middle linebacker that was drafted in the seventh round. You have a big physical back in Leonard Fournette. You're gonna. I'm afraid that Devin Bush is not the most physical of linebackers that's going to be able to take him down, especially if if Leonard Fournette gets into the second level and it's a one on one situation. I don't think it's going to end very well for Devin Bush. Um, you know, he hasn't been that put your face in the in the pile, so to speak, kind of guy up to this point. And I don't foresee that changing. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to, in my opinion, I, I would rather see Mark Robinson in this game. Um, you know, it's going to come with his drawbacks. So I'm sure if Tom Brady sees a seventh round inside linebacker coming out, out into the field, he's definitely going to target that backer and put that backer in an uncomfortable position. And if the Pittsburgh Steelers run the defenses that they've been known to run, where they have the likes of Robert Splane covering Stephon Dix on the outside, then it, it could definitely be a long day. But if the Pittsburgh Steelers utilize their players in the proper manner and the right way for their strengths, I, I think the Steelers can maybe might be able to pull out the victory. They're going to have to at this point, guys. The Steelers are 1-4. They're looking at... Um, being having the first pick in the uh, draft overall, which would be insane. I don't think I'd ever, um, I don't think I would have ever imagined that the season go this far south that at any point after, I mean, we're, we're already in the second quarter of the season, you know, five games in, six, going on to the sixth game, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are are this far down in the totem pole, so to speak. I would have never imagined that in my wildest dreams. And when you look at the way the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing and you look at how they are um, they're doing offensively, it's they've got some flashes. They just can't. It's just to me, it's just they need to put it all together. It's not it's it's an incomplete game every single week, whether it's the offense is playing for, for two quarters or the defense is doing solid for three quarters and then just fails in the end. It's 
it's become frustrating that the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot play a full game at this point. Not to mention, and I brought this up last time and last week was it feels like like I'm more worried about the third and long distance versus a third and short. It's like the shorter the third down, um, the uh, the third down attempt is, the more confident I am in the defense. And maybe perhaps you're thinking to yourself, if it's third and five, third and four, third and short, that the the plays that they're going to run are a little bit more limited versus if it's third and long. Now they can do a draw. They can do a screen. They can attempt to throw the ball deep. And I don't know. I think the uh, defense is just choosing the wrong choice every single time. And it's like, doesn't matter how far the distance is, the further it is, the likelier it is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to give up a first down. That needs to be cleared up for sure. For sure. If the Pittsburgh Steelers want to win this game, uh, they're going to need to get off the field. They're going to need to get off the field and they're going to need to give this offense an opportunity to put some points on the board and, and, and play with a lead. Like I mentioned before, the, the Buccaneers have not scored a first quarter touchdown up to this point. If the Pittsburgh Steelers can get in there, score a touchdown and, and, and play with the lead and play ahead, perhaps, perhaps they have a chance of winning this game. I'm actually choosing the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game, to get their first victory. Kenny Pickett's going to throw his first and second touchdown passes a day. They'll have another one running. I say the Pittsburgh Steelers win this 27-24, not because they're a better team, but because they have no choice. This is a must-win game. This is basically playoff time at this point. Uh, I know the Steelers are only a couple games out first in the north, but the schedule don't get much easier after this. So Pittsburgh Steelers need to come out on top. They have no other choice but to win. So that's why I'm selecting the Pittsburgh Steelers to win. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, guys. Let me know what you guys think. I'm at State of Steelers on Twitter. That's my handle, at State of Steelers. Let me know on Twitter what you guys think. Give me y'all's predictions on this game. Let me know what you think about the show, and, and, and make sure you follow not just this channel, but all of the other great content on Behind the Steel Curtain. As one or more podcasts come out daily, it really truly is your nonstop shop for Pittsburgh news and coverage. So, Check us out on anywhere you get your audio podcasts. Also, we're on YouTube. Some of the shows that come out on this audio podcast form only is on our YouTube uh, cha- uh, shows. Uh, not to mention there's the website with articles popping out daily with breaking news and, and opinions. So much information you don't know what to do with. So hit us up. Check us out. Let me know on Twitter what you think. That being said, guys, I'm Daniel J. This has been State of the Steelers on Behind the Steel Curtain. Let's do this again next week, hopefully with a victory. Talk to y'all then. Peace. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.